For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fidoten with Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I talk a little NFL draft. Uh, Joe, you know, we talk a lot about the Philadelphia Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs connections. I know you grew up in Philly. You went to play at Penn. Uh, and then Andy Reid, of course, coached with the Eagles, with the Eagles before jo- joining Kansas City. Brett Veach was with him there. Doug Peterson, uh, now coaching the Eagles, was a coach under Reid. A lot of connections there. And Brett Veach was watching film of the Chiefs' first round draft pick, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He called Andy Reid in. Uh, actually called him literally since everyone's working remotely and said, you got to look at film of this guy. He looks just like Brian Westbrook mm-hmm. and Andy Reid saw it. And he said, you know, and he loves Brian Westbrook. Brian Westbrook was a great player, ring of honor guy for the Eagles. He said, wow, he looks better than Brian Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, what a comp. I actually think he looks um, a little bit more like Darren Sproles, but we'll, we'll get into that. Joe, what did you think mm-hmm. of, uh, what do you think of that comp and, and that first round pick spent on Edward Slayer? Well, Jeff, it's a you know it's a great question, and and I love the connections that you're making between Philly and KC. They go so deep and so far back. It's it's unbelievable the weird pipeline that goes from Philadelphia along I-76 to I-70 to KC. It's crazy. <laughs> um, all these years, even even today, it's it's just it's kind of lived on. And I think the Bryant Westbrook um, you know analogy is a fantastic analogy for. A lot of fans, because they, they, they know Brian Westbrook. They saw what he did with the Eagles. You know, he was very popular. I mean, I also think, too, you know, Darren Sproles, another Philadelphia, you know, finished his mm-hmm. career in Philly. You know, another uh, analogy to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I, I also think, you know, when you think about Eric Bieniemy, right? He, yeah. You know, we, you know, we're humans, and humans always are attracted to people and things that look like themselves, right? And <laughs> I, I have point. to wonder if Eric Bieniemy also looked at, at Clyde and said, hmm, this is a little like me when I was playing in Colorado. You know, I mean, Eric Eric might be a little stockier. He may have played a little stockier than I Clyde. I think so, yeah. Um, but still, that same mold, right? Mm-hmm. That, that scat back kind of out, you know, he's not going to carry the game, right, like a, like a Derrick Henry or, you know, a Priest Holmes or, you know, Kareem Hunt or somebody like that. They're not – those are the kind of backs that, you know, you got to be careful using, right? I mean, because right. they're, they're not going to carry the game. They're not going to be able to take the kind of punishment, you know, that, that a Christian Koye could take as, you know, he's getting 30, 40 carry the game. Um, but I think, I think, you know, everybody probably questioned, ah, there was a couple of running backs that maybe were grading a little higher, you know, DeAndre Swift, another Philadelphia connection there, right? So, um I think he was a great pick for the Chiefs. I written time will tell, right? We we will find out. 
But when you look at it, you, you know, you're dropping down the pick number 32 and you have what's left and you say, <clears throat> we're going to take a shot on this guy with our 32nd pick. I think he gives Patrick Mahomes another weapon out of the backfield Besides what he can do when you hand him the ball, I think his pass-catching ability is probably what set him apart and, and his ability to hold on to the ball. Um, and, and all those things that you, you, know, you want in a, in a player that's going to be Todd McNair-like. Here's another chief throw, throwback for you. You know, that third down back out of the backfield gives give Patrick a chance to you know, open it up. Um, it's not like they're looking for their backs to be major blockers in this offense. Mm-hmm. You know, even in pass protection, the way that Patrick Mahomes owns the pocket, they don't really need that extra back in there protecting um, because I think, number one, they've got a solid line and, and they don't really, you know, Patrick doesn't need that because he has such great field vision. You know, you don't have to protect his blind side and all that stuff the way you do other drop back quarterbacks. So, that's a lot of words, and I was a lot. I'm almost out of breath talking about it. But I'm. Ex- <laughs> you could probably tell from my. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to see how they fit him into this offense. I can't wait to see how Eric and Andy. You know, uh, it sounds like a sitcom, but an Eric and Andy show. Uh, I can't <laughs> wait to see how they they fit Clyde into this into the scheme that they have going with all of this speed. They just got. You know, I, I saw a couple of draft. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, they were, you know, analysis that they were looking at all the picks and basically a lot of them said the rich just got richer with the Chiefs picking up a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You mentioned that scheme. So much of the Chiefs, their offensive approach is make the defense defend every inch of the field. Like, they're obviously, they've got so much speed, like you talked about. So you have to, you have to be so vertical and have everything deep. And Edwards-Hilaire is a guy who can take it in the flat and so you have to then be horizontal and, and watch that space there. He was a guy, um, you know, LSU was kind of the team of the year, obviously, the national champion in yeah. college football. So early in the season, I caught a little of them, a uh, little of their action because I spent so much more time watching the NFL. But I really sat down and watched um, LSU-Alabama for the first time, even though it was such mm-hmm. a big game, road game against Alabama. And Edwards Hilaire just jumps off the screen. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't even know who he was at that point because uh, it was his first year as a true starter. And he jumps off the st- screen, so shifty, so elusive, great moves. Um, and that's why he really reminds me of Sproles even more than Westbrook. And, you know, he's listed at 5'8". I think that's generous. And that's why, you know, if he was 5'10 with the same abilities, he probably goes in the first, you know, 20 picks. Um, but I think, yeah, there, I think there are, there were better backs in this draft. You mentioned Andre Swift. He might've been the best of them. Also Jonathan Taylor and JK Dobbins, mm-hmm. but I think the best fit for the chiefs, um, was Clyde Edwards Hilaire's perfectly fits that offense. And I think, you know, Damian Williams, we've talked a lot about, he had such a great pro season, but he's only got one year, more year left on his deal. And, and so it, it does fit a need, although there might've been more, Pressing needs on uh, defense, um, but yeah, I really love this pick. Yeah, I, you know, and I think the Chiefs made the conscious decision to get really, really good at something, and that's their offense. Mm-hmm. You know, rather than trying to spread out, you know, and and and, and take a pick at you know with the thirty second pick to go for that maybe a linebacker that's still on 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 there or get that get that cornerback that was a big position we talked about with a lot during a lot of our draft analysis right we talked about corner we talked about linebacker maybe that first pick but you know I think I think the Chiefs made a conscious decision to say 
let's really, really get good at this offense thing. Like, let's let's just explode on offense. Yeah, let's and we'll, double down and just go. Yes. Right. And Coach Spaggs is going to make it work on defense, um, which I think is a good segue into in the Willie Gay as a as a sixty three pick overall. I think mm-hmm. he's a missile. I mean, that's the best way I can describe him. And and I think they can teach him how to be you know more disciplined. You know, I think when you get in the NFL and you're around all these veterans. He is a missile, man. He he's got the speed. You know, second the, the fastest linebacker at the combine. Two that we've talked a lot about the Kansas City native Isaiah Simmons, who is just mm-hmm. a well, transcendent athlete. Willie Gay yeah. is not that far behind as far as just speed and and his other yeah. measurables at the combine. I, I was super excited about that pick too. I, I think that really complements their defense well, and um, I think the Chiefs right now are a team. They're just, they seem to be just building everything around speed. They're taking the old Al, Al Davis, you know, approach that speed kills. And it's become a fast league. Um, it's become a league that, you know, if, if you're a step behind, you know, you're, you're out. You know, you, you, can't, you can't keep up with all these players. See that lineman, you know, uh, from um, the Louisiana Tech, who, who was the, the, the Jets took, who was 6'7". 365 pounds. Oh, uh, Louis Beckton from Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, Louisville. That's it. Louisville. Sorry. Um, you know, six, seven, 365 pounds runs a 5140. Come on. And I watched that. I saw that video from him at the combine, and he is smooth. These players are getting so quick. And I think the Chiefs are really taking advantage of it. They're, they're totally. just, they're using speed to open everything up. And so I think Willie Gay was a, was a really, really good pick. You know, and, and you know, Edwards Hilaire and, 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 and Willie Gay. I mean, these guys, they're not, these are guys that are playing at real schools. These, they're not taking chances on players that are like, like me, right. That came out of one double a or division two or division three. These are, these are players that play in real conferences against real competition, you know, day in and day out. And especially when you, when you look at Clyde, I mean, coming out of LSU, he's, I'm going to use that term again. I'm going to, somebody's going to call in and say, stop using the term. He's got championship DNA, uh, right? I mean, who, who doesn't want to have a guy that's won, you know, a major college championship and can coach the way he was coached at LSU? Who wouldn't want to have him on your roster? And, and speaking of speed, obviously a real emphasis on, in the draft. Another guy that is an intriguing guy, their fourth-round pick, Legereus Sneed. He had the fourth-fastest 40-time at the combine period of any position group. And he's an interesting guy because – Yes, Louisiana Techs are not quite the programs of the other uh, players you mentioned, but they moved him to – he's kind of a bigger guy. The Chiefs like just big, fast corners, and they could use him in press coverage and teach him everything else. Um, So he was a guy that uh, they moved to safety as a senior, and he did not have a great year. But then during some of the All-Star games, they moved him. They played him back a corner, and he looked really good again. So I think this is – an intriguing uh, prospect. Again, once you get to the fourth round, everyone's got little warts where they'd be in the first round, and he's probably being a Louisiana Tech guy, being a guy who didn't have a great senior year, but that's another guy with a lot of potential, I think. Yeah, he's going to fit in really well. He's got the speed and the size to, to contribute in special teams, right? You, you want to make sure in this, in this era of cap, capology, right, where you're juggling, you know, cap space at every turn, right? You're trying to keep players you need to keep you're trying to sign new players and keep keeping your um you know keeping your special team vibrant is super important and keeping yeah. your starters off the special Very team true. so if they can get him with his size and speed to contribute on 
four of the, you know, six different special He's obviously probably not going to be on extra point uh, blocking, right? So he's not, you know, he's not going to be part of that one. But, you know, I could see a guy like Legarius needs, sorry. I could see him on kickoff coverage. I could see him on kickoff return. I could see him on both the punt teams, punt and punt return. Um, you know, and he'll probably maybe could throw him in off since he's so quick, they could throw him off the corner and an extra point block. So, you know, like I said, he's probably not going to be on PAT protection, but you know, that's five of your six major special teams there that he could be a contributor on. What a win, you know, for, for somebody in the fourth round. So, totally. you know, I, I think he's got all those skills and then it, and then it keeps your starters off of that and, you know, keeps them from getting hurt. So I think it's a, I thought he was a really, really good pick for the Chiefs in the fourth round. And while we're waiting this one out at home, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. They have so many cool NFL draft bets, even cool prop bets. And with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But, 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 BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. And sports aren't totally done. We mentioned how the draft just put, took place, and there's still eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, their $750,000 poker series. So there's still fun to be had. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. And that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Um, You know, we talked a lot about Willie Gay, just a fascinating prospect. But there is one, and the reason why he kind of was available late in the second round, he does have some, uh, some kind of a little bit of a dark past. There were a couple things. He, was, he only played five games last year, his junior year, um, and he was suspended. Basically, he got – there was an academic tutor who took some of his chemistry uh, classes. You know, I can – overlooked this a little bit in the sense he wasn't the only one who was is 10, 10 players total got in trouble. You, you never know with, you know, I'm not condoning this, but probably bigger things. Then the other thing he got, and this is what makes him kind of such an intriguing prospect. So the practice leading up to their uh, bowl game, um, the music city bowl, he uh, reportedly got into a fight with the starting quarterback he uh, he punched him and broke his orbital eye. The quarterbacks, yeah. the quarterback, obviously, uh, you know that that looks very bad to say the least. You worry about chemistry issues, character and stuff. But man, then Willie Gay, he still plays in that game. He has eleven tackles, a team high. He has a tackle for loss. He forces a fumble. So this is what you get. This is a guy who, despite all that, was clearly like their best defensive player in this game all over the field. Yeah, so what do you, you make into this joke? So it's a great athlete, but there is definitely a risk. It definitely, you know, look, it's, you know, number one, I'm, like you said, I'm we're not, not condoning any any type of behavior. You know, the stuff the stuff on the academics, you know, you said, again, it was a bunch of players, you know, you get caught up in a crowd. Everybody's trying to do the right thing to get through school and they're juggling football and bowl games and tests and exams and all that. And, and look, you know, I'm sure the Chiefs did their homework, and I'm sure that that through the draft process, we'll call it, whether it was meeting him at the combine or meeting him off cycle, you know, to, to get to know him a little bit. Um, you know, Andy Reid, you look at his track record and many decades that he's been, you know, coaching, um, very rarely does he make 
poor judgments and character. And, and, and I have to give, I'm going to give Willie Gay the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give the Chiefs organization the benefit of the doubt and, and let to see how this one works out. And, hey, it could be mea culpa. They could come back and say, oh, man, you know, really we should have done a little more homework based on a little bit of this past. I mean, I don't know if we all know what the, you know, the, 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 the what were the foundational issues behind his, his, his brawl with his quarterback. But, mm-hmm. you, you know, words get said, you're competitors, you're out there competing and, and, totally. and things happen. It's a, it's a, it's a passionate sport. It's a, a physical sport. And we don't, if, unless we knew the full story and some of the things that were said and, and how those things happen, you know, I think you're, like you said, we're condoning any of that behavior, but I'm sure the chiefs, <clears throat> especially with a pick like this, I mean, it be one thing, you know what? It shouldn't be one thing. Here I am, I'm contradicting myself because it shouldn't be one thing if it happened in the first round, right? With, with a player that you know might be a superstar, somebody who might be a first through ten pick or something like that. You really still shouldn't condone that behavior. But I am going to give the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt that they did their homework and that they, you know, they took time to get to know Willie and got to know his story and what he was going to be like and. You know, time time will tell, right? Time will tell to see what kind of on-field and off-field um, chemistry he brings to the team. But, uh, you know, you have to say that if there's ever a coach that I would believe in and an organization that I would back on making, you know, making uh, decisions and, and acting on uh, character issues, it would be the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and I think I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they've done their homework on this one. And for what it's worth, it's always fun to look at the football connections. Um, Andy Reid said he spent a lot of time, talked to Dan Mullen, uh, the Florida coach. Mullen had coached under Urban Meyer and had that very inventive kind of spread offense. And I'm sure Andy Reid and, and Urban and Dan Mullen, you know, did a lot of time, spent a lot of time looking at each other's schemes. Anyhow, he knows Dan Mullen very well. Dan Mullen recruited Willa Gay to Mississippi State, knew him very well. They had a lot of conversations, and Dan Mullen vouched for him. So that's that's uh, that that's something, and they clearly did their homework. So we'll see if that that pays off, or like you said, you know, it, it is a little bit of a risk. But uh, mm-hmm. we will take a very brief break here, but then we're going to be back to discuss uh, one of the offensive linemen. Uh, the Chiefs draft. For the ones going above and beyond. For the ones reaching out, helping out, and lending a hand. For the ones people count on. You can count on Granger. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. Backed by 24-7 customer support and specialists to help with hard-to-find products. Because you've got everyone's back. We've got yours. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Joe, I'm curious for your thoughts on uh, Lucas Niang, the offensive uh, tackle. He might even be able to shift into guard uh, the Chiefs drafted. That's obviously your expertise, and it was a little bit of a need on the interior. What, what, what are your thoughts about him? Yeah, I think um, what, what I'm excited about uh, Lucas Niang, number one, his size. Right? He's, he's, got, he's prototypical. Um, you know, he's 6'6", he's 315. I, I think I've seen some reports he's could be a biscuit away from 330 like who knows right <laughs> um you know he he doesn't to be honest he doesn't have the the typical body that you're seeing for for some of these higher round draft picks in the o-line you know he he's 
is he a little thin in the legs? Is he a little top heavy? You know, he's, he definitely doesn't, he doesn't look like, you know, what you're seeing these days in, in some of your prototypical, you know, thick legged, you know, offensive linemen. Um, so fr- from that, from that side of it, I think the Chiefs are going to have, uh, have some work ahead of them as far as, you know, getting, um, you know, getting his uh, his body to to look like the way that they need him him to look at and to perform in, in the NFL against some of these freaks on defensive line, right? I mean, you see them. It's it's when you talk about the types of players that are changing the game. Yes, the speed of receivers, you know, the arms of the quarterbacks. Yes, there's a, there's a lot of really dynamic things happening on on the field as it relates to to other positions. But to me. In my opinion, where the NFL has made the most um, and I don't, improvement is the wrong word, but where they've made the most dramatic uh, changes to the, the way the game is played is on the defensive front. These, these, the athletes and the size and the speed and the strength of, of, the, of the four down linemen on, on defense, you know, when you look at the, the types of edge rushers that are coming out of college and that are you know, uh, finding success in the NFL – or you, or you see these defensive tackles at 360 pounds running, you know, four nine five flat 40s, mm-hmm. and you're like, what is – how do you block these guys? Like, how do you do it? So, you know, they're going to have to do something with Lucas to get him, you know, in, in that mold where he can use his body to be able to, you know, zone block. I mean, he's got really good feet. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really good zone blocker. He works really well with teammates next to him. We've talked about that before in past pods, right? We've talked about the chief scheme and the way that it's so important that, that their linemen work together. Um, you know, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know if he's going to be ready to be on the edge right now and, 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 and pass protect, you know, some of these, these rushers, especially, you know, some of the, some of the improvement that they made in the AFC West a couple of times a, you know, a couple times a year is going to be facing these these incredible rushers from the AFC West competition. Um, but I think he's got a lot of potential to develop into somebody who can certainly back up Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, you know, right away. But I think he's going to – I think they're very lucky that they have those two and that they've got a really solid line and he's somebody that can they can take their time on developing and they don't have to throw him to the wolves, which is exactly what you want to do in, in a third-round pick, right? Look, Will, the Will Shields of the world that come out of the third round and end up, you know, starting and never missing a game and being Hall of Famers, they're, they're really hard to find. You want to talk about a steal, right? I mean, that's – Yeah, no he, kidding. Will is on one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum for the third round, you know, basically you're, you're not looking for that offensive lineman to, to make immediate impact. You want them to develop. Um, and, and I think the Chiefs have that luxury, and that's why they felt like Lucas's athletic ability, his size, they can coach him on all the things. They can change his body. They can get him, you know, getting looking at him more prototypical, work on his leg strength and do those things because he's got great hands. He's got great body movement. Um, he's an athlete, you know, at that size. So they can, they can mold all that other stuff, right? They can get him in the weight room and get him doing their, all the, the you know, exercises and, and drills that, that will, will allow him to flourish. So I think they got a really great raw pick there. And um, I think they, they, they took that pick because now they have time to develop him um, where what was what you would want to do with a third round pick, especially in the O-line, because it's a mature position. And very few, very, very few, you know, linemen come right in 
and make that immediate impact, you know, um, totally. on the O-line. It's probably the, the position in the NFL that, that needs the most developing when you look at over time and, 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 and how players need to, to be on the roster for a while before they can really make that impact. Will Shields, you mentioned such an exception. That's just something that happens like once every 20 years where you get a, yeah. a guy and he's ready day one after a, you know, not being an early round pick and then starts forever and is in the hall of fame. You know, that, that's the thing is you look at once you get past the first round, everybody has uh, some warts or they, or they'd be in the first round. Uh, well, gay, we mentioned like a, a spectacular mm-hmm. athlete, but he had the character issues. Uh, Sneed, also a spectacular issue. Didn't have a great senior year, small college. For Niang, you mentioned some of uh, maybe getting his body in a little bit better shape. He also had an injury his senior year, uh, a hip injury that slowed him down. What's encouraging is that his junior year, the Chiefs really liked how well he he matched up against Ohio State, some of those mm-hmm. really good uh, pass rushes they've added at Ohio State. So, he yeah, he's still – he's an encouraging – uh, developmental guy, uh, yeah. Joe. Any so we, I think we're both in concert here. We really like the Chiefs' draft. Any concern that they didn't? You know, there are some areas I, I like Snead, but as you mentioned, he's probably going to start out maybe special teams and develop mm-hmm. something down the line. Any concern in the secondary, especially they didn't know this, but you know, Breland uh, got into mm-hmm. some trouble this week, might miss a little bit of time of suspension. Any concerns for you on maybe the back end or the defense that that wasn't addressed enough in the Chiefs' draft? Yeah, I, I think, look, the Chiefs had a decision to make, right? They were, like I said earlier, they were either going to go all in on the offense, and we talked about that. We talked about the possibility of them picking a running back. If somebody mm-hmm. slipped to, you know, to the 32nd pick that they felt comfortable with. Joe actually called that. Like, uh, you know, Joe, we were, we were giving yeah. a couple predictions, and that was Joe's, Joe's call. So you're right on the money on that. Yeah, I just felt, I felt like they wanted to go all in. Um, on offense, you know, I just, for some reason, I felt like they, they, they could, they could do more and they would get more benefit out of getting depth and adding a different dimension to their, to their offense than, than they would get more benefit out of sort of really solidifying the cornerback position. Now, obviously they had no idea what was going to you know happen over the weekend with this possible suspension, but you know, who's the, who can predict that? So you know, then the next piece is, okay, well, if we didn't do it in the first round, are we going to do it in the second round? And, and I think they did it on defense. I think, mm-hmm. I think they really did need to address the linebacker position, and they needed to, to add some athletic ability, some speed, and, and some aggressiveness at the linebacker position. So I think with Willie Gay, they, they did it, and it was just a matter of prioritizing at that point, right? At the next, next round, okay, do you go offensive line, or now do you go D-back? And I don't think – I don't think in the third round you're going to – I don't think you get marginally a better pick in the third round at cornerback or D-back than you do in the fourth round. I think at that point it becomes, all right, well, who's the best player available? Who's going to meet a need? And they probably figured, well, you know what? We've already addressed the defense with, with Willie Gay. Let's just wait to see what happens. Let's shore up the offensive line. You know, let's get a let's get a developmental player in here, and then let's let's wait till the fourth or fifth round. You know, it was probably they're thinking about what, what they were going to do at corner. But yeah, that is Jeff. You nailed it. It is it is probably the position that if they weren't going to go first round on a corner, they might as well just do, pick some other needs where they felt they could get more benefit and, and wait. Um, and so I think it was either going to be all in on the cornerback early, 
or you know, let's just work with what we got and and we'll figure it out. Yeah, and now exactly. Clearly, their strategy. And I, I think a good one. Again, I I like their 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 draft um, overall. I liked it a lot, especially. It's a little bit cha- more challenging, of course, when you're picking at the end of the draft. Uh, Joe, any kind of last takes of 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 the Chiefs draft, or maybe even the draft in general, before we wrap up here? No, Jeff. I think that I think you know you know we we talk about our our you know our our sponsors, and we talk about you know that there's nothing to bet on. I, I think there was a lot to bet on in this draft. Um, number one was was it going to work? You know, was was Roger Goodell's plan to do this virtually uh, and do it from his basement, have all these iPhones passed around, and you know, cameras and in, in GMs' houses and coaches' houses, and trying to coordinate with the players and and seeing how they could still capture that emotion of somebody getting their name called. And I, and I think they really did it. I, I, I have to give them credit for given the circumstance of, of where we were with social distancing and keeping, you know, small, keeping things to small groups, you know, and when you look at, when you look at the NFL, you know, obviously there were families that were together, you know, to celebrate and, and you could understand why they would want to do that. If everybody knew, in a family that no one was feeling sick or anything, you could see why you would get three, four or five people together to celebrate with your, you know, with your son, right. As they're about to get drafted or cousin or nephew or whatever, you know, you'd see why people would want to get together. And I think people were very respectful of that. You know, didn't see more, any more crowds than three, four or five people together at home, which was, was good to see right there. Everybody was kind of following the rules. Most of the NFL um, executives, we'll call them executives, coaches, managers, you know, general managers, owners, and things like that, they were all you know, just by themselves with their immediate family. So you mm-hmm. know that they were, they were not you know, really doing a whole lot as it related to having big crowds of people together. Right. And I just thought it was very respectful of the current situation. Um, you know, Roger Goodell doing it from his basement and giving a little tour before the draft of his favorite football chair and, you know, showing his, his basement. And, you know, I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was really well done given, given the circumstances. I'm, I'm really proud of the way the NFL handled it and they were still able to capture a lot of the emotion of, of the players, you know, sometimes a little time delayed and things like that, but Hey, big, you know, you can't be picky when you're dealing with, you know, uncharted waters like this. So I was really, really, it was great to watch something live. <laughs> like yeah. to see no, it, it truly was a success. It, it, best ratings ever. Uh, no major technical glitches. Uh, yeah. And most importantly, everyone stayed safe. I, I'm sure since it drew such great ratings, I'm sure they even were able to uh, uh, raise some money for some of the causes that they had right. running across the scroll and, ads and stuff you know my my takeaway too. my final takeaway for this i really liked the chiefs draft especially considering where they were drafting i think the team who might have had the best draft overall uh the baltimore ravens and we we never know what happens with injuries and stuff like that but i think in the afc the chiefs and the ravens for the next couple years again you don't know with injuries and stuff i think these teams are kind of on a collision course for for who's going to be taking the afc who's going to be the dominant team in the afc going forward yeah, I, I I have to agree with you, Jeff. They're they're definitely becoming you know the elite um, of the AFC. What do you think of the AFC West? I mean, what do you think of Raiders, Broncos, you know, Chargers? Do you think they made did they do anything that was going to cause you pause to say, ooh, you know, I wish we would have made a move well, like that. What is interesting about them is they clearly like I actually think if you're going to try and stop the Chiefs, they they clearly went all out on offense and all out on speed, saying we got to 
keep up with. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can try and outscore the Chiefs. I think the better tactic is kind of play ball control and, and try and win that way. But it, it's interesting how much of an effect the Chiefs' moms have on their uh, on their picks. And tell you what, though, um, the AFC West is going to be the AFC. I still like the Chiefs' chances going forward, retaining 20 to 22 starters. I think they're the team to bet, no question about that. But the AFC West is much better. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be – I don't think they're going to just cruise the, the AFC West like they did last year. Good point. Great point. Well, listen, thanks so much for enjoy, joining us uh, for this show. And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.